comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. TV podcast episode 30 and wow we only have two episodes to cover this week but man they were both they were both doozies the flash uh, season finale uh, fast enough and uh the uh i zombie episode 10 mr berserk yes and both of them i mean were really incredible obviously we're probably going to have a lot more to say about the flash um season finale yeah. so why don't we start with i zombie <laughs> It'll be like the appetizer before the meal. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. very good appetizer. Yeah, it was. This was. Um, is is this a... shrimp in there? No, no, you know, I don't want shrimp. No, there's no shrimp in there, man. No. <laughs> Looks delicious. <laughs> that was great. Yep. <laughs> Clive looking down at Liv's lunch. <laughs> Dude, the city has a zombie problem. And this is the second time now we've had a, a death in the, you know, quote-unquote procedural part of the show that ties into the Max Rager yep. conspiracy going on in the background, you know. I mean, on one end, you got... I mean, we ended the last season, uh, episode, of course, with um, Lowell getting killed yeah. right in front of Liv as she watched through a sniper rifle when she choked and couldn't kill Blaine. And, you know, I mean, I, we said, you know, well, we didn't see the gun go off in his face or whatever, blah, 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 but he is dead. Yeah, he, he, he's... I, I, they made I am super clear. sad. Super sad by that. Yeah, um, I, I liked his character too. It kind of, it kind of um, was a nice foil to live, you know. Like, a, well, a nice... see that, and you know, she, we, we finally get live having a little bit of happiness ever since the boat party and her becoming a zombie. But nope, we can't have our main character be happy. Can't no. have that. No, you can't. You had to take it away. It was, it was too easy. Like her being a zombie could have been a little bit more livable. If she had him, you know, they could both deal with that together. It's it's too good. You can't have that. We um the the brain that she eats this week is the uh, reporter Rebecca who was trying to team up with Major to like f- figure out what was going on with all the missing kids mm-hmm. and the Candyman and all that good stuff. Uh, she has turned up dead. Yeah, kind of suspicious. Very um, suspicious. Turns out she's also a raging alcoholic on top of being a journalist. Oh, kindred spirit with me. Oh. Who's not, you know? But uh, but you know, Ravi's like, "Are you sure she's you know she's a you know full blown alcoholic or whatever?" And she says, "You know what? I'll end up at the bottom of a bottle if that's okay." I mean, she's you know she just be, she tells him Ravi at this point not very many details, just that Lola's dead and mm-hmm. that Blaine killed him, and that was it. At the beginning of the episode, though, she's being questioned because she's a, she's the number one suspect because she called in the crime. Uh, but Lieutenant Suzuki, the zombie lieutenant. <laughs> Comes in with a good uh, suicide cover-up. Obviously, you know, covering up for Blaine. His deal, man. I'm trying to figure out, is he going to be a surprised ally later on? Or is he going to just betray her all the way? 
I, I think, think he's um, starting. I think he's starting to get wise to live. You know what I mean? Well, like he didn't notice her before, and I think he like especially in this episode, he's really starting. Well, to I notice. think he know he knew she was a va- he vampire. What am I thinking? She, he knew she <laughs> yeah. was a zombie when he first saw her. I think he noticed that right away. Well, I thought he did. Wait, what, I, well, I didn't think he noticed until she got shot when they were saving those sister wives. Do you remember? No, that, that confirmed it for him. But oh, okay. That's okay. what I thought. A, he had a look to him like an acknowledging look like, are you one of us? Because he kept staring at her and he said, oh, and he like, he, he you know, spoke really nice to her for a second after he got finished reaming uh, Clive. And I think that that was when he was like, I think she's a zombie. And then when she got hit and did really didn't affect her, that's when he was like, OK, she is a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm trying to figure out: Is he going to do what Blaine wants him to do and maybe mess her up, or is he going to do the right thing, even though it's going to cost him the rest of his zombie life, and help her out when it gets really bad? Well, right. I mean, the whole thing is: is Blaine has his his meat hooks into him? No pun intended, but right. or maybe maybe a little intended, but um. I mean, the whole thing is, is you know, he's probably paying for his his brain delivery by the by using him, and whatnot. yeah. And yeah, I mean, the is. whole thing is, is is Blaine very easily can you know release anonymously information on the police cover ups that have happened, and you know, well, he's still. A I don't. Know, I think that would. I think that would really implicate. Blaine more than the right. Lieutenant. I don't think Lieutenant, they would want that. I think Lieutenant, you know, is is no. getting getting some cover ups, um, and, you know, doing some cover up stuff for Blaine. But I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know. We had the one episode where they met or whatever, but I don't know. He seems like like Daryl says. He seems like he's more of a cop than uh, than a lot. Yeah, I, I think. No, has. I agree. I'm just yeah. saying is is Blaine can you know probably release information on the cover-up of the kids' murders and all that, not implicating anything to do with zombies or the brains, just implicating him on, you know, yeah, you moving those bodies. He, he wouldn't do that because he can't go to jail. If if that cop was to go to jail, they would know about the zombies. It 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 hurts Blaine's business just as much as anything else. If That's true. they were to find out about the zombies. So he wouldn't do that. He'd, if anything, if he really had to, he'd just kill the captain like he did. And other, all the other zombies right. he's shown over the season, he just kills them. He either puts put them on, on ice, ice. Yeah. or he kills them, one or the other. So that's, he has no problems. With, or he could just withhold brains. Or and, withhold, you know, yeah. and then maybe Lieutenant Suzuki will have to turn to live for you know another supply. That could happen, too. We've got to see. Ravi wants to sign off on the, on the um, death being a suicide, Lowell's death being a suicide, You know, going along with the cover-up for now. Mm-hmm. Liv doesn't answer. He says uh, it's up. You know, he'll leave it up to Liv, but Liv doesn't answer him at this point. This is the point, however, right when she's about to eat Rebecca's brains, that Clive comes in, like we said uh, earlier in the episode. Right. It's like, is that shrimp? <laughs> no, it's not. That was funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For a second, I thought he was going to take a bite of it. I really oh, did. I was man, like, oh, you no, thought no, right? No, no. Oh, oh, man. I was like, is this where they're going to let Clive in on the secret? <laughs> Eventually. Turns out uh, that Rebecca was working on a case about this kid named Jason, who was um, a really uh, had a rival named Ryan. They're both very good at debate. So uh, basically, Ryan um, played this huge prank on Jason, where he made Jason think that he killed someone. Jerk. 
And then Jason kind of snapped and actually went and did kill people. Had like a Max Rage, a Max Rager uh, Rage on. And it turns out that Rebecca has been um, finding out things, these kind of um, unrelated attacks have been happening. The only uh, th- uh, through line between all the different investigations is that, is that they consumed a lot of Max Rager, the energy drink that was uh, partially responsible for turning uh, live into a zombie mixed with the uh, um, tainted utopium or whatever. I can't believe that this episode exposed all the drama and backstabbiness that goes on in debate clubs. That's that was shocking. You have no <laughs> idea how serious that is. Um, Liv, because she's a raging drunk, drinks on a park bench outside the, this guy's girlfriend's uh, apartment. And when she's leaving at four in the morning, she basically browbeats her. Um, you know, telling her, you know, you know what, you're just a bang buddy if he's, you know, you're leaving at four in the morning with your underwear and your, your purse, you know, you're not, you're That's not a little abrasive. Yeah, a little abrasive. Yeah, she was like, yeah, Ooh. she was really up into her face, you know, uh, but it works because the, the, the girlfriend comes in the next day and tells him, uh, tells, live the whole story about the, um, you know, the prank yeah. and everything else. That scene where she comes up to her drunk there, that's where, what's, I'm drawing a blank. The actress's name that plays Liv, um, Rose MacGyver. Rosemary, it just it dawned on me how versatile she is in her acting. It kind of reminded me of Tatiana Milozny on Orphan Black, how she has to have all these different personalities of these different characters, and yeah. she has to do that with all these different brains that she eats and stuff. And mm-hmm. it just really didn't dawn on me till I mean I know I knew it deep down, but it didn't dawn on me last night of how very versatile she is and and her ability to adapt to each different personality from episode to episode so definitely a big hats off to her ability in acting so because oh yeah when she did that drunk it wasn't just the acting drunk it was the just i mean she came off convincingly like a jerk uh, like a drunk jerk you know i was like wow she's pretty amazing so i grabbed my underwear and felt bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed the word your person yeah i felt kind of you know you had to say it like that man that's a little too close to home Sheesh. major's losing his mind guys or so he thinks right um he in the last episode shot the candy man three times in the chest and then and came back to show clive the dead body and the candy man was gone uh clive follows up with the candy man and finds him you know pumping iron in a gym and, you know, obviously not shot or anything like that. So Major thinks he's cracking up and and checks himself into a psych ward. And Ravi t- you know, comes to live and says, look, we have to tell him or he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, send himself to an asylum. Ravi, you know, yeah. he gets a, an award, too, this episode right. because he was right. so invested. Like, emotionally, his face, I felt mad at Liv. I thought sure he was going to tell him in that scene where he's I telling thought him so he too. For, I thought sure he was going to tell him. I that. was mad at Liv for making for for not letting him tell the secret. Like I really was. I was upset with her about it. Like I know it's because it's more about her than it is about him. You know, she well, just doesn't and, want him to know. You know, I kind of get the impression with Robbie's character that you know he's one of those nerdy, um, lonely loner guys. I mean, he's a, he's a medical examiner, deals with dead people all day. You know, gamer nerd guy. I think that this is the the first you know real good best friend type situation he's had in a, if if ever or in a long time. And I don't he, know. It, I think it, back he, now. Think back yeah. now. He when okay. he asked out her hot friend. 
he was like, wait a minute, I'm no, you know, like, I'm not a bad No, guy. no, but it just, it, he kind of came off at the beginning of the series as kind of a loner in a way and didn't have a ton of friends to where. I get that, but I think you know, when he, I think that that episode kind of showed that he's not dysfunctional. He's not. No, I, I'm not saying he's dysfunctional. Kind of. I'm just saying that I don't think he's had a lot of people recently that are, he's been very close to in his life and that he's had live now and now he's got um, him as a best friend and roommate and everything. Well, he, maybe. He's quickly, maybe. He quickly yeah. cares for him. Because we don't know how long he's been in this country. Like, we don't know if he true. went to school overseas and came here and then... Like, right. that's not... I wish we... I do want to know more about the Me other too, characters because yeah. I don't yeah. know much about Robbie and I don't know much, much about Clive. So I do but I mean, he makes a good point him. to her. You know, you can only tell somebody they're being crazy so many times before they're going to believe it. It's true, yeah. <laughs> and he cares. Like he, he's a, he's a good person, and he cares. He yep. cares about her, and he cares about. It's, it's not just him trying to figure out what this zombie thing is and solve it. It's he actually cares about her and you know major and stuff so he pulled it off like he really when he was acting he even the look he gave him it really he really looked like he was upset about it well um live live basically tells robbie that you know he'll at least be safe for a few weeks and kind of being dismissive of the you know, trying to avoid the problem yeah it's more and, about her right and she goes off to avoid the problem by doing like 10 shots of vodka that's what I do, but um, <laughs> do well, that. alcoholics seem you know. to be a little self-centered, and so whoa, whoa, with the labels. Hey, it, hey, it, it hey. makes sense to you know she doesn't really you know just put him away for a few weeks and let's deal with what we're dealing with because it's me. Well, I mean, she ends up getting so drunk she needs to call someone to get her, and who does she call? Major, of course. And it seemed like she was going to try to tell him. That's what I thought. I thought that's what, I mean, at first I thought Robbie was going to tell him, but then I figured that she would tell him, right. but she ends up passing out and he leaves. Yeah, I, I think she can, She must be able to hold a lot more alcohol as a zombie. I, I hope so, because I mean, that was... Because <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, I would have been on the floor, for sure. I've done, I'm, I'm, out done, of, I'm out of practice, though. I've done eight <laughs> shots of vodka and then maybe a few beers here and there that same night, but... What she drank was ridiculous. I don't know about now, but I know twenty years ago or so. You know, there there are legends that of legends of yesterday. Yeah, legends, <laughs> legends of my drinking that would put her to shame in that scene. I'll just put it that way. Oh, I bet. Clive and Ravi and Liv kind of have a meeting, and, and um, they figure out that you know Max Rager is probably behind this. But Clive is like, "Look, we need to put a case together. We need to take our time." And, uh, you know, really gather evidence before we do anything about this because I'm their multi-million dollar company. Mm-hmm. So Liv, of course, listening to Cut Clive's wise advice, marches right into the president of the company and makes a scene and says she's PD when she's not, gets thrown out by security. She gets back to the medical examiner's office. Uh, Ravi sends her home because she's drunk again. Uh, again. And Clive plays yeah. it off as, as grief uh, over Lowell. You know, because he knew, you know, she was close to Lowell or whatever. I like the way that scene played out. The whole at Clive, you're not the boss of me, and he's like, and Robbie's like, I am the boss of you, and yes, you're going home. <laughs> so. so on her way home, she stops at a bar again, the same of bar. Course. Of and course. And this this guy um, shows up and says that he's Rebecca's contact. His name is Sebastian. Now I 
it's funny that the I think the good writing in this show kind of tripped it tripped itself up in a way because mm-hmm. I looked at them like wow that's lazy writing this guy just kind of pops out of nowhere and that's not right. really, um, you know the way this show works and then I realized later why mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know immediately I had I warning I, lights yeah. and sirens going off in my head but right. I wasn't sure why I had I was off guard I, so. I totally got it caught me off guard I truly I actually believed him. I'm ashamed of myself, but I actually believed him. Shame on you, Daryl. Shame. I need to stop drinking. I was drinking with her. I didn't want her to come <laughs> home. Impaired, impaired judgment. Sorry. You saw it on the screen. You had to follow through. I did. I don't want Liv to drink by herself. I'm her friend. <laughs> my TV friends. She's my TV friend. Uh, but Sebastian's like, we you know, we have another contact on the inside who has this memo that that would prove that the, the president of the company knew about the side effects of Max Rager. Causing people to go on these, you know, psychotic killing sprees. Mm-hmm. So, um, Liv is going back through uh, Rebecca's notebook, um, and uh, going through, and she sees her Pilates schedule, and then realizes that, you know, if if she was just picking an alcoholic, there's no way she could keep this kind of Pilates schedule. And it turns out it's Adele, the woman who is um, the other contact in Smart Max Major. Yeah, the uh, secretary. Right, the secretary. So uh, she tracks her down Pilates. Um, she waits for her for a long time and then realizes it's been too long and sees her bag, but not her. And then decides to look down uh, in the parking garage for her. Doesn't find her, but finds our friend Sebastian with a pair of brass knuckles. Damn it. Going right to the head. Uh, she wakes. Yeah, it was. She wakes up on the deck of a boat with a cinder block tied to her, to her ankle. Um, still kind of dazed, of course, because she has a, a visible, you know, bloody wound in the front of her head from which she got punched. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out our buddy Sebastian is kind of the hitman, you know, psychotic on the payroll or whatever for Max Rager. Sure is. And killed Adele and killed and tried to kill her and is about to dump them in the ocean. Uh, he but dumps Adele. He... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I was, well, was going to say he, dump, he dumps Adele in the ocean. He's surprised that Liv is still alive. Mm-hmm. And then he lays down beside her, and then Creepy. like, Creepy. yeah, he wipes some of the blood off her face, yeah, and, and tastes it. And that's when I knew <laughs> that he was not. He anyway, you'll get to it. It's like yeah. yes, I was like, I can't so, believe it. <laughs> so anyway, um, while Sebastian's you know um, amusing himself, monologuing, talking to yes, he did <laughs> to live. He just keeps talking and talking and talking. Uh, live goes full zombie. Whips him in the face with the uh, cinder block and with ease, uh, knocks him in the ocean, and runs him over with the boat's propeller. You Damn. see a lot of blood in the water. It's just awesome. Um, yeah. The boat's name was Fun Fun, by the way, which I, I thought was, was uh, <laughs> ironic. I uh, caught that. Was that a reference to anything, or was it just... Just Fun Fun, I guess. I, I, I was just meaning from the comic or anything, because I haven't read that far in the comic yet. It didn't right? ring any bells with me, but it's been okay. a while since I've read it. I just wondering if it was a little Easter egg or something. So It could be, and I just don't. And I yeah, if our, don't our listeners know if that's an Easter egg. Probably. Let us know. Let yeah, us know. absolutely. We'd love to know. Um, Liv comes back on land, and uh, she is shocked. She dumps all the booze out of her purse on Ravi's desk. Says, look, sign the form saying Lil kill himself. Um, and then she tells him exactly what happened when Lowell got killed, that she was watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that the next time she goes after Blaine, she'll have the guts to do it. She's yeah. not going to choke, and she will kill him. 
Yeah, she's dealing with it now because she wouldn't even let Blaine. Um, um, she wouldn't even let Robbie hug her the first time when he tried to comfort her. Right. She just kind of acted. You know, she tried to kind of hold it in and not deal with it, which just alcoholics do often. I believe she had a moment of clarity when she ran over that guy with the boat. I think she did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh, and Major again. Major is is coming back to being coming back to himself, and he's he's like uh, the Iris West of this show. He is. He's right. the only exactly. one. He's the only one that doesn't know about the zombies. He's the know? only one, and he comes off as annoying earlier on. In this episode, he's kind of. I'm feeling bad for him again because in the beginning I liked him. I really liked him, and then he was starting well, to become a little too. He was doing dumb things that were making me mad. Clive doesn't know either, and he's not as annoying. But Major's definitely coming back around to it. Well, a Clive's a character. cop, and he believes in investigating before you jump to. Yeah, Andy. Andy, Andy believes more of. I think you know it would seem kind of outlandish to him. You know, what I mean, right. I don't think it'd be it'd really. You'd really have to sell it to him and show Although, him. Well, that's the thing is, I wonder how he would react if he put three bullets in a zombie's chest, not knowing of zombies, and then. I think Clive is going to find out before Major. Oh, I think so too. Well, I don't know which will find out first, but I think they're both. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Clive. I'm thinking Major. It looks like Major is going to find out before any. Like he's going to find out in the next couple of episodes. That's what it looks like. But I think Clive is going to be the one who's going to actually have to deal with somebody. Yeah. Well, Jim hasn't gotten to it yet, but there's the whole scene in the mental hospital with the other guys. Where I was going to next. Yeah. So. That's the next scene I was going to talk about. What a coincidence! Yeah. We see a major in uh, in group therapy. He tells them the story of you know killing this guy in his living room, and, but it never really happened. And uh, he he meets up with a guy after the the uh, the therapy session named Scott E. Not Scotty with a Y. Scott letter E, like the letter E. <laughs> he's easy. He's easy's younger white brother. Okay. Okay. And uh, he tells Major you know, that he's seen the guys with the glowing red eyes, too. And Major says, you know, what is it? And he goes, this town's got a freaking zombie problem, dude. Sure did say that. Or a bunch of reverse flashes, one or the other. And then the very last scene of the episode, we see our, uh, our buddy Sebastian, who we thought was ripped to shreds by the boat, mm-hmm. is pretty ripped to shreds. He's looking like a manatee in a, in a shallow channel there. But he is uh, zombified now, and he's and not I- all happy. You know what? I thought he was a zombie in the first place mm. when he was acting so crazy with her. Like he said, "Oh, did I hit you too hard?" Like I, I actually thought well, he could he be was a zombie. He still could have been. You know, mm. it could just be the misdirection of we're thinking it's because he tasted her blood, but maybe he was one to begin with anyway. I mean, he's tied into the Max Rager company, and that's where yeah, this thing is he coming is. from. So. Because it was almost like he knew her, like it, the way he looked at her and he wanted to lay down and look at her in the face. And like, it just was like he recognized that she was a a zombie. I'll I tell you, like. from now on, I'm questioning the, the addiction I have to Red Bull. I'll put it that way. And Monster, too. Yeah, somebody's got to oh, yeah. Salvo. Got to warn Donnie. We got to warn Donnie about that, man. That's no yeah. good. Okay, guys. So, I Zombie this week, episode ten. I thought it was really again another strong episode. We had three more to go until the season mm-hmm. is over. I swear um, it could have been a finale if it had thrown. Like I was thinking, oh no, don't tell me he's gonna throw it over the overboard. And she, I don't know why my head. Would, I was drinking too much, 
But I really <laughs> thought that he was going to throw the thing overboard and she was going to be stuck underwater with no way to get any other brains. And that's the fear. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, that would have been a that would have been a crazy finale if they had ended it right. like that. Besides like, that, it was just a very well written and, and and tension filled and just very well done episode. I mean, it could have been a season finale in a way, you know. So yeah, you're right. Speaking of season finales, guys, let's Uh-oh. address let's address Uh-oh. the scarlet elephant in the room, shall we? Yes. Hey, hey, hey! Don't call don't don't call Daryl a an elephant. Come on. I'm talking about the Flash. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm talking about metaphorical elephants, sir. No, you're talking about (laughs) you, Chub. (laughs) Girls, girls, you're both pretty. Stop. I'm pretty. Not that bitch over there. (laughs) Oh no, you didn't. I did. Real Housewives of podcasting. Uh, the Flash season finale titled Fast Enough. And Barry, Barry was fast enough, man. This episode had so much, had, as the kids say, all the feels. <laughs> it sure did. Everything, all the feels, all over this, the place. This and, one's going to be tough for us to break down without actually breaking down. Because, dang, this episode. I already did it a couple of times. That's why That's why we had the little pre, pre-show thing so Daryl could get that all out of the system. I tried not to cry, I'm sorry. Clutch the pearls, it. clutch the pearls. I didn't help it. We start out the uh, the episode with Barry confronting Thawne, definitely Thawne now. In fact, Tom Cavanaugh is so awesome in this role. He plays oh, yeah. Wells and Thawne like two totally different ways. Mm-hmm. Like his expressions, the way he spoke, everything like that was like, to me, it seemed like a different guy almost. It's also the way he's, he, he it's something with his eyes too, because when he's, when he's Wells, you see compassion in his eyes. And when he's Thawne, even if he's not talking crazy, he just has this crazy look in his eyes. Like he's not not like deep off the end, off the deep end, but just a little bit off the rails. And you, it, 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 it's not just the way he emotes; it's those eyes. It's it's pretty well, amazing. Well, his crazy is so different. It's like he he is saying that the Flash that he's hated for all these years. That's not you yet. So I really don't hate you like I hate him. But he's just seething. He's like yeah. so mad. <laughs> and it's like and Barry's like, Why? Why are you so mad? And he's what like, Doesn't do? matter. No. You know, it doesn't matter. We've always been the you know, reverses of each other, you know, that kind of thing. It's like yeah. he categorizes people and he puts them in different he, he puts them in, in certain spots. Like right now you're safe because you're not in front of me getting what I want. So I like you and I care about you. And he seems so concerned. But the second you go, you get in the way of what I need. I'll kill you without even thinking twice about it. Right. Right. I'm sure we'll talk about that again. We get to the scene with him and Cisco later. Yes. That's so that's scary. exactly what I was just thinking. So of. scary. But this scene with him and Barry to, to kick off the show was just like intense like he like i said thon is just like with rage like just like yeah he he would strangle barry right there if he could you know to get his hands on him. and then and then grant gustin's playing barry allen just like kind of mystified you know under not understanding it at all like why he would kill his mother and and then thon explains to him that you know after fighting the flash for years and years and years he finally learned his greatest secret he learned his secret identity so his plan was to go back in time and wipe Barry from existence. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do that because, you know, future Barry, as we'll call him as the show goes on, uh, whisked 
you know, his younger self away from him. So he decided to go for second best and try to give Barry a traumatic experience by uh, killing his mother, something he thought he would never recover from. And then he explains that he needed, the reason he created the Flash was so he could get Barry to go faster and faster, so he could get the, you know, the coronal uh, energy he would need to fire up the particle accelerator and go home. As he mentioned, it's 138 years in the future is when he was born. And St- Oh, man, it's so great to see Stein on this show, too. Stein oh, yeah. was awesome in the show. Um, <laughs> he really was. Like he was, he was, he's like an older Barry. Like they got like a kindred spirit because he's one minute he's just absent-minded all in science, and then the next minute he says such he says something that's so inspirational to you that you're like, damn. Well, what's interesting too is um, uh, how different. Like he he kind of becomes like the de facto Wells. In this episode, because he you know, Wells does. isn't around, but he does. he he does it so differently. He Wells is did. like Wells was more like the teacher, and they were the students. It's Stein funny is more like, hey, check this out, you know? Right. But um, it's it's funny because he's like a Reed Richards uh, for people that uh, he's a Marvel character from the Fantastic Four, meaning that because he has the love, his love, great love, which is his wife, that keeps him grounded. So he does know how to care about people and all that kind of stuff. But he's so a science-based mind. He has such a science-based right. mind that uh, everything is wonderful. To, like, it's just so interesting to be in, to, to discover new things. I mean, even when they're in a life-or-death situation, he's just so excited by everything. Wells comes to, at the end of this you know, confrontation, the beginning of the episode, he, he says, I will make you a deal. I will allow you to return if you let me go home. I will let you save your mother and get everything you ever wanted. And then his quote was like, I'm giving you a chance to undo all the evil I've done. Don't you want that chance? And he's just like, you know, putting the hooks into Barry. Oh, man. And you say to yourself, what's the big deal? But that means he could do a lot of damage going back. Oh, yeah. He could do this all again. Right. Like, and not well, mention, like, how well, can well, you trust him? How could you put any can. faith in this guy? I mean, because the whole thing is, is you know he's wanting to get what he wants, and part of that is erasing Barry as well as the Flash. So, I mean, obviously there's got to be some tricks coming up his sleeve. And on top of that, Barry's had a pretty, you know, his dad's in prison and he doesn't have his mom and everything else. But when you take all the other aspects of his life into account the last 15 years of his life has been pretty great as a whole, which, you know, with Joe and Iris and everything else. And I just, how he could even sit there for two seconds and even think about doing it is what blows my mind, which is the difference. I can, my mother. I was going to say, it's his mother, dude. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only answer. It's his mom. Plus his dad has been in jail for his whole life, you know, for this. Okay, so obviously there's going to be a conflict there, and that's really what this episode addresses, like, for the first half hour. It's not a whole lot of action. I mean, first we get Stein breaking it down for Barry, saying, look, if you go back and do this, it's going to change the whole timeline. You may never even become the Flash. You may never meet Wells or Cisco or Caitlin. You won't have Joe in your life the way you do now, or Iris, you know. Everything will be different, and nothing will be as it is now. So he kind of sets the stage for Barry to make the decision and for the audience to kind of follow along. Mm-hmm. And first first he talks to Joe, and Joe says, you know, this is why you became the Flash. And Joe is being, of course, the supportive father. Oh, my God. You know, he's like, you know. You know it's killing him, though. You know it's killing him. And, and, but you find out later that yep. it is killing him. He didn't yeah. know what to tell him. You know, he didn't know what to say to him. 
Um, but he wanted to be strong for Barry, and he and wanted you, to, you know, but you to be know Joe, for him. You know Joe so well that you knew, like the audience, if you've been watching the show from the beginning, you know Joe so well that you're sitting there knowing that it's killing him to say that. Well, you can see right. it in his eyes. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, if you've been watching, you know this. Guy, you know it's killing Joe. This is not, you know. But this is Joe. This is a parent. This is a real parent. You know, who's trying to? It, it, it's not what he wants. It, it's, it's. You know, he doesn't want to lose Barry, but he wants what's best for Barry, and he wants him to have his family, his mother and his father. Yeah, that was such a touching. I, ugh. God, it was such a touching story. Well, I mean, plus you think about all the talks that Joe and Barry have had, like, you know, the one where Joe was telling Barry that, you know, his his ability to see the good in people is what really, you know, has taught him a lot because all he could ever see was the bad from being a cop for so long, you know, things like that. So, obviously, you know, and you tell by the way Jesse Martin plays it that he's, you know, he, he doesn't want Barry to go, you know, but he wants to be strong for Barry. He wants to, you know, put a, on a good front and a good face for him and be confident for him, you know what I mean? All right. At least that's what I got. That's what I got, too. I mean, it, no. But I was just going to say, also, the whole thing is, too, is when you think about it, and again, I get the whole mother, father having all that back and everything else, but you got to think about whether Barry would if would become the Flash or not is, is one point, but that's that point is moot in my mind. Would Barry become the person, the Barry person that he is, that good person that can see the good in everybody, that mm-hmm. does the right thing, that wants everybody to be happy and everything else, would he have gotten that without those impressionable years of having Joe guide him as a parent? That's, right, I think you just kind of answered your own question because right. he's the kind of person who wants to make it right and, and make right. it good, and that's why he would want to go back and save his mom. Because Chubb, think about it. Person, you know? Because Chubb, think about it. Because we have Barry at such a young age, and, and he isn't married, he has no kids yet. That's not even a question. All it he True. does lose a yeah. lot, but if you gotta, but still thinking about it, I mean, you watch your mother get murdered, and your father go to jail. I mean, if you could take that back, you, I mean, you gotta at least think about it. Like if you yeah. had the chance to take that back. Now, there was a point later on in the episode where I would have been, no, you know, let's forget about this. Right, you know, right. I'll tell yeah. you, we'll talk about that when we get there. Right. But this point where Barry, I mean, this the, only, point? the only, um, the only like um, uh, consequences would be a different timeline, then he definitely, you know, would, I mean, I would consider it, you know. I w- I'd have decision. to. I'd have yeah, to. Yeah, totally. He goes to see his other dad, Henry, in jail about this, and Henry is totally against him going back at all. Oh, I love that, man. I know. Every time they bring him oh. John Wesley's ship, it's like a really heartfelt, heartstring scene, and it works every time because he's so good. There are um, two f- two fathers who care about Barry more than anything else that they want the best for him. Like that. Like you can't you can't imagine two fathers being any better than that. Right, and then he's like, you know, he, he doesn't know, you know, how it could change him and change who he was, and he even says that if his mom were alive, he probably, you know. He, if she had seen what a great hero he had become, you know, even before he was the Flash, he was a hero. Uh, he doesn't need to do anything to prove it to him. But all Barry keeps saying to him is, "But I can save Mom. <laughs> you know, I can go back." But and look save Mom. at and and look at what his father is telling him to give up. This man has spent this many years in jail for a murder he never committed, lost his wife that he loves, but he would still rather be in there and lose his wife than for something to happen to Barry. 
or if Barry did not be the person that he's that he is. Today. He's so proud of the way Barry is because he is a good father. Like that's I'm about to crack up right now and just start crying again. Oh, it's okay. I can take it out. I don't. I, <laughs> so good. Uh, Barry goes to the rooftop of Jitters, and Iris finds him there. Yeah. And you know, I was saying before the show, I think this is the best, like most real conversation Iris and Barry have had probably since episode one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't about their feelings for each other no. or anything plot driven. It was a reminder. Like this is a, this is for us to get tapped on the shoulder and say, remember that these two people grew up together and they know each other better than anyone else. We want to remind you of that. Yep. Because they've been nothing but t- keeping secrets from each other since the first episode. So they've kind of been breaking, you know, that friendship has kind of been uh, strained because of him keeping that secret. But I, this was a nice way of bringing that back. That even though it's been strained and we've gone through all this stuff, we still have that connection no matter what. Right. And um, it's at this point that. Um... Barry decides to go forward with it, and he talks to you know Doctor Wells about what it will entail with the rest of the uh, the team Flash. Basically, uh, Barry is going to have to run around the accelerator, uh, at least at Mach two, um, and they're going to inject a hydrogen particle to collide with Barry, and that will punch a hole through the fabric of reality and make sure. a wormhole into the Speed Force. No problem. Of course, they got this. Yeah, um, no problem. And. Uh, that's the deal, and then you know Barry will be able to go to the past, and and well, and um, Thawne will be able to go back to the future. Right. Um, Cisco and Ronnie start to uh, put together these materials that uh, Wells has been collecting for a couple of decades to make his little time bubble, which was very cool, by the way. Oh yes, um, yeah, Robbie, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ronnie was just uh, all in it, like he was going on. Ev- evidently, Thawne already had the plans written. And yeah. drawn up for building one, and it was just a matter of them putting it together. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't he say somewhere that he got the plans from Rip Hunter or something like that? He he? Said, well, he mentioned no. He mentions later that you know Rip would be proud of what you've done. He was the first oh, one okay. to make one of these. Oh, right. right. So he does name check uh, um, Rip Hunter. Yes, he did. Cisco is totally against the entire plan of him going back in time. Because mm-hmm. um, it hurts him too. It's too it, dangerous, and yeah. plus he, um, he, you know, he he doesn't he he likes you know he he has a family now. You know what I mean? Right. He has, you know, he's he's needed and stuff. So he doesn't you know really relish going down another timeline. You know, of some random, you know, random outcome. Mm-mm. He goes down to talk to Wells about. Um, first, he asks him how the, he stores the uh, costume in his ring. And we all want to know that. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, you know, never mind. And then uh, he, he tells him, you know, the work is going a pace in the time bubble. But then he mentions that he uh, remembers the alternate timeline. And he tells him that he murdered him in the ultimate timeline. And, you know, Thawne didn't know this at all. Yeah. But what Thawne finds really interesting is that Cisco remembers it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Cisco was probably affected by the explosion of the particle accelerator as well. I was right. And he has... He has metahuman powers that allow him to like see the vibrations, I guess, between timelines. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I was Cisco, catching the vibe he was laying down. He Cisco's kind of reacting weirdly to it, but but he's you know, uh Thawne tells him to, to look at it as a positive. 
And then he has a great and honorable destiny ahead of him. Which and is, he's you know, so mad at him. I, and I feel the anger. Like, he believed in this dude. Like, Cisco really loved this guy. It's just it's like his family. And to have to look at him. And he still comes off as sincere. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. You know? Like, he doesn't even come up. Like, even though we know all the things we know and all the people he's killed so far. He still comes off as sincere. That's what's so dangerous about this guy, right? And again, Tom Cavanaugh does a great job playing him. Oh, and totally. I heard, and I heard he's going to be a season regular next season too. Although I don't know how that's going to play out. I know how I, because by when we get well, to we'll the get end, to we we'll can explain it. it. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, yeah. Back in the lab, there's another problem. Stein figures out that that this collision has potential to create a singularity, a black hole. That would destroy the Earth, you know, as he he describes it as an extinction level event. Um, Mathon already is accounted for this. He tells Barry that once he's through the wormhole, he'll have a minute and fifty-two. Get it? Seconds. Fifty-two. Yep. To all you DC fans out there, fifty-two. <laughs> uh, to save his mother and return yeah. to the present. No problem. Now, this is the point, if there was a chance of me opening up a friggin' black hole and destroying the world, <laughs> exactly. that I would say, that I would have said, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Let's, you know, let's, let's put the kibosh on this idea, <laughs> you know? You know, they go ahead with the idea. Yeah. And this is the scene, uh, um, Eddie is there, too, but he seems like he's kind of, it feels like he's kind of in the way. Defeated. But, right. But Stein has a really good talk with him. Totally great talk, man. And explain to him team. that, you know, of all the people in this room, he's the only one whose who's, you know, future is his own. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. he doesn't have history, uh, a future history weighing him down. He's the wild card, as he tells him. Mm-hmm. And um, Eddie takes that advice to heart, and he pays Iris a visit with some Chinese food, and they kind of bond again. Yeah. Which was, I mean, those were cool scenes. And I'm like, wow, they were bringing Eddie back strong. And I thought, you know, he yep. finally got his head right after kind of being, uh, you know, um, mind screwed with by well. Or it's by hard Thorne. to hate. There's no hating anybody in this triangle or situation. Like, you, you like, that's what makes it, that's what makes this a good, uh, it was a good triangle because you don't, no one's at fault. Like, you, you like Barry, you like Eddie, you like Iris in this. No one's at fault in this. It's Which makes it seem happens. later on in the episode very hard to swallow. Yes. We um we then cut to Ronnie and Caitlin's wedding. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> that comes out of nowhere in an episode, but why not? Sure. Well, hey, I mean, if their whole timeline's about to get wiped out, they might as well. Right? Do it. <laughs> why not do it? Um, it? Turns out Professor Stein's father made him become a rabbi before he became a scientist, <laughs> yeah. which might... Explain why he has such insight and wisdom into people, you know, like you were saying yeah. before, you know, yeah, I mean? that's true, or like when he tells Eddie or whatever, yeah, that's true. But they have a nice little uh, wedding scene, and um, although Barry's kind of has other stuff on his mind, he kind of has an emotional goodbye with everybody at the door of the pipeline before he goes in, dude. Does he, um, oh. you know, Joe is like, goodbye, son, and you know, he, oh, Caitlin, oh, my heart just tore, out of my <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, and then. Oh. Uh, Cisco says, you know, tells Barry, may the speed force be with you. Oh, oh, and, oh man, I forgot to mention, when, when Stein talks about the singularity, he says Excelsior. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> I forgot yeah, to mention right. that Easter egg. That's right. Um, then oh. Iris kisses Barry on his forehead and then holds uh, Eddie's hand. Yes. Thawne is like, well, you have both of our futures in your hand now, Mr. Allen. I know you can do it. Jerk. Run, Barry, run. Uh-huh. 
and Barry takes off and hauls ass. He hits. There's like a big thump in the in the cortex, and Joe was like, "What is that? Was something hit hit the wall?" And he said, "No, that was Barry hitting Mach 2. Ugh. And then he enters the Speed Force. Yes. Okay, now this little yes. um, segment here, I slow, I, I freeze framed my way through Slowed it down quite time. a few times. I slowed yeah. it down quite a bit. And in in the in the Speed Force, we see the Flash Museum. All right, saw that. Um, and then we saw the uh, 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 Daniel Panabaker as Killer Frost. I missed awesome. that still. So um, awesome. Then we saw the giant robot foot coming down that we saw in the Legends trailer. Right. Yep. He's in jail. Didn't you notice that Barry is behind bars or something? No, I, I missed that one. There's something I, where somebody's behind bars. Like, do you I see him it was calling? Maybe he's his dad, but it looked like Barry. I, hmm. I remember the bars. I just... I. I in my head, I thought it was his dad. But it looked like Barry, and if it is Barry, I wonder if it'll be a callback to when the Flash went to jail for killing. Remember that the trial? Yeah, the trial of the Flash. Trial of the Flash. So yeah. I, look at it again, That's but I could swore I saw um, Barry behind. He was no, actually. It's... Who was it? I don't know. Well, it's somebody. Well, if any of our listeners uh, caught any other Easter eggs that we missed, please, by all means, let us know in the Facebook group. Because somebody was behind, like somebody was talking, like his father, when he talks to his father, but when he's in jail, it was somebody on the phone talking to someone else across the, with the, with the shirt, the thing that threw, he had the prison blues on. Hmm. Interesting. I thought that was part of like the, when he was saying, you'll see the past, the present, and the future. Maybe, but I, I could have sworn it was Barry. But I'm not sure. It was going fast. I tried to slow it down as much as I could on DVR. But right, the uh, he focuses on his mother in the night of her death, and he shows up in his in his uh, childhood home. He goes down the stairs and he's hiding behind a door. And he watches future Barry, Barry, you know, a little bit older, and Reverse Flash fight in the living room mm-hmm. as his mother cowers in the center of the room, which is you know a scene we've seen since episode one, but from a different angle. Right. And then future Barry stops, notices present Barry, and gives him a hand signal, warns him not to you know, not to not to do what he's thinking, to stop. Ominous ominous about that. Like what something must have happened when he did it the first time. It right. just got me thinking about Flashpoint. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, some of the things are cribbed from that, for sure. Right. But uh, it almost seems like, even if it, he didn't try again and again and again, like, maybe he knew, because he was the younger Barry. Mm-hmm. More that, mature that when, that, when he was a more mature Barry, that he would give that hand signal. Right. To keep young Barry where he was while the reverse flash killed his mom. hmm But we do get the scene, this really touching scene with Barry and uh, holding his dying mother in his arms for... I guess the minute and fifty-two seconds he's allowed to stay in the past. Yeah, he gave her that that last moment of knowing that he was going to be all right. I mean, that right. probably would be her fear is that he right. wouldn't. I'll be all right, and Dad will oh, be all right too. Be a cra- I almost broke down with that. Again. Yeah, that yeah. was another a lot of <laughs> feel, a lot of feels one. going on there for sure. Oh, gosh, I also have you. kind of maybe a little bit of a theory of something different here that I could be way off, but. You, you notice that after Future Barry gives him that hand signal of, you know, don't do whatever, mm-hmm. he doesn't, our Barry right now does not actually see the scene where his mother gets stabbed and all that other stuff. And I'm wondering if it's not 
eagle bard that actually kills his mother now in this event at this time. Mm-hmm. That it's another. I'm thinking that it might possibly be a different reverse flash that's doing it. And that some of what's fixing to happen back in present time is what causes that. I could be way off. And I, it, without, without just saying Although stuff that could just, possibly uh, be spoilery, I, I, I just, I think that, that it may not have been Eobard Thawne that did it now. He yeah, comes out. I was going to say, he comes out and tells Barry that he did at the beginning of the episode when they he have did, that talk. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I killed your mother, like straight up. No, right. But now we're in a different well, area let's get of a to time that paradox. Part first. Okay, let's okay. Get into that, yeah. And then right. we can get into this conversation. Okay. Right. Uh, back in the present, Wells is in his little time bubble. He says it's model after one created by Rip Hunter, like we said. Right. And as he's standing there, Jay Garrick's helmet, the Golden Age Flash the helmet, it looks like the helmet of Mercury, comes flying out of the wormhole. <laughs> and Thon says, uh, that's my cue to leave. <laughs> I All just right. want to say how I jumped up and damn near spit, did a spit take of the drink I was drinking at the time when that helmet came flying out. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm so cooler. excited. Yeah, it's so be excited. Cool. It's going to be even cooler when Barry gives that to him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because you know it's coming. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have put it's... that in there if it wasn't. I'm just like, Earth to... 2! Earth 2! Oh, oh, man. Well, not even uh, Earth 2. It could just be, you know, timeline. I yeah. Mean, just... Right. Future time. He's, he's about to hop into the wormhole, but not so fast. Barry mm-hmm. comes out of the wormhole, supersonic style, and just smashes into the time machine, destroying it. Sure it does. Way a really cool uh, scene. Just the slow mo, the just looked so awesome. Absolutely, oh, it did. It really did. Um, they fight. It seems like Barry might be getting the upper hand, uh, kind of holding his own against Thon, but Thon gets the upper hand and is about to kill him. Mm-hmm. But first, he promises him he's going to kill everyone else too, all of his friends, his dads, everybody. And, but first, he's going to kill him. But then we hear a gunshot, and at first I thought somebody had shot Thawne. But right. no, Eddie shot himself to stop Eobard Thawne from ever Sur- being born. Oh, surprise me. It's so surprising. And as you know, Eddie bleeds out and Iris holds him, Thawne like, starts to disintegrate from existence. Yeah. As the... Um, as that happens, you know, the wormhole is shut behind them, and then you know, Here's my theory about this, okay? Mm-hmm. I think them erasing Eobard from existence was like one time anomaly too many. Yes. And that's what causes the singularity. I like, because they, they pretty much, it seemed yeah. like when I watch the show, they had the wormhole, mm-hmm. they had the wormhole shut down, everything was cool, and then Thawne gets disintegrated, and then the singularity shows up. So I, I think what happened you, is but... this whole paradox of him never going back in time and killing his mom and never creating the flash. And then all you know, but there was already a flash and all those the different paradoxes and, you know, what, you know, Eddie killing himself and, and you know, the whole you know, line of thorns or whatever. Um, I really think that that paradox is what causes the giant singularity over central city. But the weird thing is by him killing himself, then that would make it that that would also change that Barry mother wasn't killed. Right. Well, that, but that's where my theory is coming in. I think you're right, Jim, about how that, that, that paradox, it was just too much. But also, as they're getting out of there, the remnants of the time bubble and everything else and 
Eddie gets sucked into that singularity. And they make and, a point of showing that Eddie's body gets sucked in. Right. And right. and and while while he's probably dead, he may not be all the way dead. You know what I'm saying? He might be revivable and he might get sucked into the future where he's able to be um saved or whatever and now he's taking on he sees what he'll be in that future he's gonna see what happened with barry and iris and he's gonna see you know this sacrifice that he made that it was selfless but it it turned out to make everybody but him happy or something's gonna tick him off and he's going to end up becoming somehow with the speed force becoming the reverse flash and i think it's him that killed barry's mom after barry future Barry rushed young Barry out of danger. So I think Eobard's gone, but somehow Eddie is now taking his place in how time corrects itself. Usually it's correcting itself with him instead of his, his descendant. And on top of that, I, I, I just, I get the feeling that Wells never being killed by Eobard somehow the fact that there's this paradox you're talking about, Jim, instead of him creating the, the super collider in 2020 with the accident, it's still going to go along this path of what Eobard had created. Because again, the paradox is there and time is trying to repair itself. And part of that constant, at least in the timeline we've been in is mm-hmm. Barry becomes the flash in 2015. I guess. Yeah. Well, right. Some stuff will have to be explained. Like, they're going to have whatever is going to happen when we come back. Like, it could even go to the point of stuff that they do in the Legends episode. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm definitely thinking that's going to play into the Legends thing because I wanted to mention that as we look up at the singularity that's swallowing Central City, Mm -hmm. um, we see, you know, Captain Singh look up into the sky, very Independence Day like. And then we also see Kendra Saunders. AKA Hawk Girl from the Legends right. uh, show, looking up into yep. the sky. Um, I really think, obviously, this is going to have to play into that. I mean, you got Rip Hunter, got you got to. the whole time time travel aspect. I'm sure. I mean, the fallout from this will probably be what they're dealing with. I would imagine. Well, and maybe I'm wrong though, but isn't the Legends show going to premiere ha- when Flash is already halfway through its second season? Because if you think about it, they could have it that it's not even fully explained. True. Or they could have, you know, after effects from this, you know, all through the next season of The Flash. Right. And then have it you know, finally come to a boiling point where, where the legends of tomorrow have to come together to fix it. Because whatever yeah. the threat is, you see it, Oliver and Barry are talking to the group, mm-hmm. knowing about this mission. Yeah, and it's very well, you know, that Rip Hunter is the key to fixing it. Gotta be. I mean, that, yep. that's a given. That that that's got to be the case. I would think you know at least part of the fallout from this should lead into because something has to fix itself. Because if yeah, because the damage it was a lot of damage done by Eddie killing himself because to take him out the him and his descendants out of the the timeline. Who knows how much stuff um, that was done because of that. Like how many Dons have done things right. and how many, right. you know, 
Because like, I mean, um, there's that whole scene where you know he had, when he has Eddie locked up. I think it was last episode or episode before where he's like, right. "Oh my, you know, my lineage is full of you know uh, diplomats and presidents and captains of business and scientists. You know, all these thons that made a difference, like for you know the past two centuries or whatever, according to his timeline. And now he's erased all that. That's why I think that's what causes the singularity. There's just too much, yeah, yeah um, too messing much. with the timeline, and it and yep. to correct itself created a singularity. That's why I agree too. And I didn't now, think about that until the second time I saw it. When I saw it, the wormhole shut down all the way. Yeah. Then Thon is erased, and then the singularity starts. Because it's not yeah. pretty. Like it's not a simple thread that was pulled. Like when Stein, Professor Stein, was explaining. Like even though you only took back a day or two, it still did a lot of stuff. Like it still changed a lot of things because of what you did right and he didn't even change a lot of stuff i mean so just imagine you know what what stuff damage was done they're compounded over like how many years yeah yeah i mean so yeah so now they're gonna have to go back and get his mother and father to meet up and go to the under the fish sea dance and we're not skateboarding no we're not doing oh wait i'm i may be thinking of something else yeah you are Oh, and Wells, this will explain how we can have Wells there, because if we don't have Thrawn there to kill him, the original... Then Wells never died. Right, he might still have the accident, though. He might still have had the accident. I thought Thrawn caused the accident. He did, but who knows with the time thing. Like, that might be still his tragedy is to lose his wife. I'm just saying, it might be the case, because I don't think she's going to be a season regular. So I'm just, you know, TV sometimes tends to to put the tragedy in it in a marriage not working. I don't know what it is with that and why they do that, but it just tends to be the case. That well, the... and no matter what, in certain timelines, there are things that are constant. Things right. that can't change. Yeah, I, I think mean, he might if you watch Doctor that. Who, you learn that. You know, there, there are just certain things you cannot change. You can't go back and kill Hitler before he becomes Hitler. You Weird. know, there are just certain things, and maybe his, his wife dying is one of those constants that just has to be. Just like Barry's mother dying is a constant that has to be. I'm, I don't know if it's the case. I don't know if it's still going to be the case, but I'm just, for some reason, I just have a feeling that he still loses his wife somehow. And he puts himself into the work in doing that instead. Well, guys, we got a long summer to wait it out until we find out. Too long. Uh, it will be too long. <laughs> um, we have a uh, group on the Facebooks. It's called the DCTV Podcast Facebook group. And oddly enough, because this show is called DCTV Podcast, in mm-hmm. case you didn't know, say what? we had a we had a couple of uh, really good uh, questions on the on the group on the uh, group this week. I wanted to get to them. Uh, my question to the group this week was: So, Flash finale, awesome or mind meltingly awesome? Uh-huh. And uh, you know, the spectrum between awesome and mind meltingly. Uh, Jason Ritter said, "Freaking awesome." Brian Arnold, holy crap, holy blank, awesome. <laughs> uh, Fairware, ah, so awesome. Uh, Robert Cooper, so freaking good. Tom, Dom I'm Heaney, the theme here. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. most people enjoyed it. Dom Heaney, so good. Uh, Tim, Timothy J. Sedwick from the, uh, the Geek Exchange of uh, PA, uh, ridiculously mind meltingly awesome. Uh, Tyshawn Jacobs, so awesome. Uh, Mikey Wood, yeah, man, that was cool. Hell of a cliffhanger. Now, of course, it begs the question, if Thawne doesn't exist anymore, then neither should the Flash. And I think we kind of ad- uh, addressed uh-huh. that already, that paradox. All right. 
Um, Joseph Gaines thinks the temporal paradoxes exist in this universe, and the whole show is based around one, which is true. I mean, I think if you go back, I mean, well, Thon going, Thon creating, Flash, right? But Thon creating the Flash had a schedule, and everything Thon had did has done, you know, has kind of uh, uh, created a paradox since he's been there. You know, right. yeah. Uh, Joseph Gaines also gives uh, Daryl some credit. He said he guessed it right on Cisco being a meta. Yes, and I want to thank the Academy. I want to thank my mother. Academy, you've now Welcome you've now me. you've now achieved the pinnacle of your career. Yes, I have. Um, John Davis I didn't see Eddie sacrificing himself. Neither did I. I did not expect that. Did um, not. I thought he shot. <laughs> I, I thought, thought he shot Eobard. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I look forward to the real Harrison Wells coming back. Yeah. Uh, Ken, Ken Morgan. I didn't see Eddie doing that, but I've been saying for months that if Eddie were to die, this problem solves itself. <laughs> but then, did we ever know for sure that Eddie was a direct ancestor before last night? Yes. Um, but and then Daryl of course answered him and yeah when Eddie was kidnapped he he was told he was yeah I guess mildly awesome is the the verdict uh, we also had another good question that Chris Garner put up um, that a lot of people have some really good answers to um, okay question of the group will the TV Justice League from Legends of Tomorrow I'm assuming he's talking about be better than the movie Justice League um, some guy named Richard Sheldon oh that that guy sounds awesome. <coughs> Isn't that the guy we banned from the group for all those uh, those Felicity fanfics? I thought we did. But I thought we did. Again. All that slash, slash fic. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> um, only time will tell. I think the TV one will have a more rich story because uh, shows of 20 plus episode seasons can spend more time building story arcs, whereas the movie only has two to three hours. Joseph Gaines says, uh, this is actually a really good question. I have more faith in TV right now. Uh, after Batman v Superman, I might change my mind. Uh, Alicia Whiplaceration Barrera, and I like saying that name. I completely agree with that. Uh, that shady, shady. Oh, I'm sorry, shouldn't write that. Uh, I completely, completely <laughs> agree with Richard Sheldon. <laughs> TV seems to be able to have that ability to create more of a storyline. I won't even lie. In the beginning, I would just watch so I could see if they would screw up the storyline. But thankfully, I was able to set that to the side and just enjoy the show. I'm glad too. Uh, fair words. Uh, um, con- congratulations, Alicia. She got engaged this week. So. Oh, cool. Right. Congratulations. Uh, fair aware. Only time will tell if history repeats itself, the TV show. And Patrick, Tony, I think the TV show, because the people that are behind Arrow and The Flash, show great care with the DC lore, unlike the movie side where they're ashamed that these characters come from comics. And uh, thanks to everybody for chiming in on the questions this week. Uh, speaking of chiming in, we, I understand, have some new iTunes reviews, Mr. Sh- Mr. Sheldon. Yes, we do. So we are now up to five reviews. We, re- we received two new ones in the last week. Um, one comes from Sean Daniels, who gave us five stars and says, Awesome podcast. Says, one of the best, if not the best, geeky TV show podcast ever. Wicked awesome podcast. These guys know their TV comics and other geekiness the uh, the newest one comes from outlawed paint title also five stars entitled the best dc coverage out there says this podcast covers all dc tv shows and even movies when they come up the best out there keep up the great work and please follow these guys they rock wow thank Thank you thank you and i would rock yeah we do Oh, and I was right about Barry. It is Barry in jail. I just the, the pictures. I've, I've been running the flash while I've been talking, 
and the scene just came up again. It's bad. Oh, okay. In, in handcuffs, calling. The trumpet, the flash. Yeah. You called it. I sure did. Yeah, and we have the contest going on until the end of the season of iZombie. Yes, you got three uh, more episodes, right? Yeah, three more episodes of iZombie to go, and um, whoever uh, wins, we, from, we're going to pick a random winner from the iTunes reviews, and uh, they get a digital copy of their choice of DC TV show or movie. Also, we're going to be doing some shifting around of our news content onto Twitter, and we're going to be using the Twitter account a lot more uh, in the future, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, Speaking of news, we have a ton of news to go through here. Uh, I just want to go through it real quick, because I'm so emotionally drained after talking about the Flash finale. Oh, yeah. Don't cry. There's there's nothing left. We have uh, an interesting um, uh, talk with uh, Greg Berlanti, uh, one of the producers of The Arrow and The Flash, and the upcoming Supergirl show. And he talks about the crossover potential um, between the new Supergirl show and Arrow and the Flash. I guess for now they're going to keep them separate, but he didn't rule out in the future mm-hmm. that would happen. Right. So uh, that could be pretty cool. Um, Richard also put down a, a, up a, an article from comicbook.com about five questions raised by the Flash finale. Do you want to talk about the questions? or We can do whatever, boss. Oh, yeah. We can, I'm up. What happened in the last shot? Did Barry escape the singularity? The fact we didn't see him hit the ground again is strange. By the way, I want to shout out the effects for that scene. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this yeah. He's like running up to the sky. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really, I mean, for a TV show, I thought that was dodging, dodging debris mm-hmm. at the same time. Like riding, you know, running up the side of the building, dodging all we, kinds of debris. Incredible. Uh, what role would Garrick play? That's a good question. Yeah. And we saw the helmet. Obviously, that opens it up for Earth 2 or other parallel Earths. Mm-hmm. What will Barry do without Eobard Thawne? Um, I mean, you have, like, his greatest villain gone. Right. How much of what we saw in the Speed Force was real? And how does Eobard's death impact the past? I think that's the big one that we've dwelled yeah, on. The big, you know? Yeah. He was yeah. erased from existence, and that means he never killed Barry's mother, and he never became the Flash, and blah, 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 blah. So we'll see. I mean, they're going to have to address that, obviously. Well, and I think the que- the other question, how much of that uh, in the Speed Force was real? I think it's all real, or as at some point in some timeline is real. It's just how right. much of it's going to actually unfold that way in right. the future. I think what we're seeing is season two. Some of some yeah. of the things they flashed, I think, is going to be season two. I do too. It, it reminds me of that. I think it was at the beginning of uh, 52 or one of the other like big events at DC where they had Rip Hunter's chalkboard. Oh, yes. It with was all the, like, the little clues, and mm-hmm. you didn't really know what the clues meant, but then as the story unfolded, they made more sense. Right. I think that so, it was either 52 or Countdown. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. one of the two. Uh, we also, on the, on the set, have a really cool interview with Katie Lotz uh, at the upfronts for Legends of Tomorrow, talking about how cool it is to be the White Canary and how cool the new legends of uh, tomorrow show uh we also have the teaser trailer up on there that they showed during the flash right. uh, episode the other night for season two which is honestly more tease than trailer yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly also, I mean, there's not a lot there's not a lot there to go on really also um, um i want to throw a podcast uh, there's a podcast called the treatment where they interview producers actors and all that and it has uh, Greg Berlenti on there, and he talks a lot about the Flash. I mean, a lot about what went into the Flash and his experiences, which kind of molded 
how the emotional side of Barry and, and the father figures in his life and stuff like that. Like that come a lot of that, you know, comes from personal experiences and stuff that he when he talks about it on the show. Sweet. Yeah. Speaking of emotional uh, experiences, uh, Greg Gustin wrote a really cool letter to the Flash fans and the cast oh, and the so crew. Great. And it's just really heartfelt and cool of him to do so, I thought, you know? Yeah. Because he's just so grateful for all the success that the show's had and everything. And he loves it, man. Like that just shows what a class guy he is, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's That's what's so cool to see the people who are on these shows, these CW shows, uh, Flash and Arrow, when you watch them like they are having a blast like nobody's sitting there pouting nobody looks like they're not having a good time like they look like they really dig working with each other well and i wonder if he's been mentored a little bit by john wesley ship Uh, i don't know if you've ever met him but i've met him at several conventions and he is one of the most grateful actors Mm -hmm. or people performers that, that really is gracious to his fans because you know him unlike some actors out there realize (laughs) they're where they're at because of their fans response to their work and you know and you see that with grant gustin too you know just that he is he's definitely genuinely in awe of how people have responded to him and the work that he does so that's a super class act super class act yeah yeah well according to um steven amel Arrow is done. What? His quote, Arrow is done. That there's no, I, I, I mean, no more Arrow. I so think it's misdirection. It used to be called Green Arrow? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Arrow is done. Wink, yeah. wink. 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 He's, he's another guy, too. Just seems really classy. I mean, he set oh, up yeah. the foundation, Nollywood, for, for kids and... I mean, I don't know. He does, like even the, the he doesn't seem he, pretentious at all. He, just he seems, seems like human because he yeah. did a he did a a thing a wrestling thing. Um, one of his teams when he bet for the football game, his his friend had won, and they do this belt thing. I guess it's it's probably people he went to college with, friends he grew up with, or whatever. So they're in the house, and it's on video. It's on his Facebook where his friend won the the uh, the whole thing. And he had to pass the belt on to his friend. And just the fun, it's its something where you, to be that silly and have fun with it like that, you got to be human and not be that type of actor. You know, that type of actor who takes himself so seriously that they're not, they're no fun off camera. Like he and looks he- like he he's human off camera just like he is you know on camera more so he like he's so he's so you know serious because the character is written that way but when you see him you know interact with people he is just he looks like he's such a fun loving yeah dude he, he, he's one that also is just very invested in his fans and from and day one and when I when I met him earlier this year, you know, watching him, you know, he interact interacted with teenage and adult fans, you know, very graciously and, Did you and, touch his and ass? spoke with them. No. <laughs> but it's children. When anytime there was a child or anything like that, man, he just went out of his way to to come behind the from about from behind the table or whatever, get down to their level and talk to them like a human being and just I mean just such a great guy. Just such a great yeah. guy. Our friend Ziggo cosplayed as uh, the Arrow 
Yes, he did. Uh, at, it was in New York Comic Con. Yeah. And then yeah. Stephen Amell not only took a whole bunch of pictures with him, he also yeah. tweeted it on his own Twitter account. Sure did. He, I'm telling you, when me and Donnie Stavel, who was a guest uh, on a couple episodes ago, we went to the first panel they had for the Arrowcast, and that was at New York Comic Con. And he was, and this was before they had shown anything of Arrow. You just knew that the Arrows. You just knew that the show was coming out. You knew who was going to be in it. But that's it. That's all you got. And people were like, "Oh, it's going to be crap. It's a CW show. It's gonna, you know, it's going to be CW-ish." And you know, they're not going to take the comic book seriously. They're not going to respect the source material. And he talked to everybody that came up to ask questions, even some dudes that were really rude. You know, they really came up Why and were acting kind of rude. Oh me, I just wanted I I would would have hugged him. <laughs> Did you see all the muscles on that dude? Uh, I know. I'm not fighting with him. Look, he can kill you. But just the way he like he really wanted to be a part of the show, like he worked hard to do this. Like he talked about how he trained for this and how he you know, he hoped that they would, you know, things that he hoped they would do with the show and like to see that, to see that level of, of uh, uh, what am I looking for? that To just be that invested in it, you know, instead of it, you know, like it was a little bit more than just another job he got acting. Like he really seemed to be invested in the project early on and to see it be received in such a, a good way. You know, he's pretty much been rewarded for the time and energy that they put into it. So uh, I, that's a good thing. I think yeah. that's a... That's a very good thing. Absolutely. Well, that brings us uh, this uh, podcast to uh, DC. Oh, no, no. We got one more thing to say. If you, oh, if do we? I'm sorry. Pictures are up. Of uh, I forgot to post this on the on the uh, Facebook group, but there are even more pictures of Deadshot and Killer Croc on set. Oh, okay. They, are, cool. they look really good. They'll be up. By the time this episode is up, the pictures will be on the, the Facebook group, so people Go join the Facebook group. Yes, by all means, join the Facebook. Follow the Twitter and all that. Do that. At, it's at DCTV underscore podcast. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but by yeah, the Happy Bill looks incredible. <laughs> like there's, it's it's a close up of, of Killer Croc and it's a close up of, of Will Smith in the in the uniform. I like the way it's been looking so far, man. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I in. love I'm it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't just like it. I love it. And what else I like? We also got uh, set pictures of the Joker with uh, Harley yep. Quinn. The Joker's in his out, you know. He's, his he's Joker mobile. Joker well, mobile. I, I posted, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure I put it in the podcast group, um, them actually filming this one of the scenes. But you did, because I watched Harley. it. Yeah. 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 There, there's scenes of that. There's a lot. I know people are saying, wow, this thing, you know, people must not have a lot of security for this thing. I think it's the other way around. I think that they are letting this stuff get leaked out. Yeah, I think on they purpose. want. Yeah, I mean they want good buzz among the geek community. And right. That's going to be like the event. They're evangelists to get everyone out to to see yeah. the movie. I mean, I, think, I don't think, I think they, you're right. I don't think they want the issues that Man of Steel and and Batman and versus Superman had because they were so close, yeah. closed off to the to the fans. With this, from day one, Air has been tweeting stuff, and and you know we're we're uh, 
we're doing rehearsals now and this is our first rehearsals and like he seems just as excited to do this there right. was like a there was like a video a vine he posted of like yes. a cast party where yes. um, Will Smith was rapping and stuff that's what we i mean when we early on you know like somebody i have liked the the man of steel and stuff like that but the one criticism re, one of the many criticisms i have about the way that uh, Warner Brothers has handled the the DC side of the superhero movies is that they seem to be a lot colder to fandom. And even and and yeah. Snyder, Jack Snyder and uh Zack Snyder and um Goyer almost like uh we have to I don't know, it's almost like we have to push you away kind of thing or or be kind of snarky with people who like what you like they want to know more about it. They want to be involved in the movies. And I think that Ayer has kind of, I think, looked at the way that they acted and the way that they were and the way that the response has been with stuff. And from the gate, he's been like, I'm not going to be that way. I'm I'm going to, you know, talk to people. I'm going to tweet stuff. I'm, you know, like, I'm excited about this movie. We're not trying to hide something from people. We, we're not ashamed yeah. of this movie. Like, and I think that that type of attitude is what DC needs to do like Warner Brothers well, needs to do that, and it it makes sense. Get out in front of it, right? You know, control to a point what is out there, and that allows you to use smoke and mirrors and really hide the secrets that you want to hide. Exactly. exactly. While you know, giving the rabid fandom, you know, enough little treats to to mm-hmm. to satiate their having to wait until the movie's finished, you know? So it makes sense to me. I mean, even from a marketing standpoint, it just, it makes perfect sense. It does. It really does. So glad, glad they're doing that. Me too. Uh, Like, like Daryl said, you can check all that on the Facebook group, uh, DC TV podcast. And if you enjoy uh, geeky television podcasts, I imagine you would because you've been listening to this one for a good hour and a half now, then go over to HHWLOD.com. You'll find the Walking Dead TV podcast there. You'll also find the Whedonverse podcast, Half Hour Wasted uh, for your general geeky talk, uh, The Black Box, a lot of great shows over there, so check that out. And uh, if you're looking for more podcasting possibilities, hey, see what I did there? (laughs) Oh, that is is some corporate uh, Zymergy there, buddy. Exactly. We need to uh, um, trademark that immediately. Yeah, get on that. Exactly. Get that as an entry in the next dictionary entries for next year. Then go over to the uh, TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com, where you will find a veritable plethora of podcasting goodness. The, um, Not a plethora. Oh, yes, a plethora. And I do know what that word means. <laughs> uh, the Comic Crack <laughs> Snarkcast. You got no apologies. If you like TV t- and movie talk, then you got nothing's on with me and Daryl and Donnie Salvo over there. Um, Arts and Crap. Um, so many uh, awesome shows. Wade's World. So many awesome shows over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Definitely give them a listen. Yeah, and we'll we'll have it. It will have by the time this is up, it will be a section for the a lot of the DC news that'll be coming up. So it'll be in one spot, like links and stuff to to things, and you can uh, kind of go there and, and it'll it'll be on the show notes and stuff too. Wow, that's like awfully convenient. Because Daryl's awesome like that. I try. You know, he failed. Daryl failed recess as a child. You know why? Because okay. he don't play. I don't play. Oh, well, that's why I keep my bracelet on that says WWDD. What would Daryl do? What would Daryl do? That's right. 
generally it's eat spaghetti, but you know. So. Got some in my refrigerator right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next week when we talk about another set of iZombie and some other DC TV that's going around. Uh, thanks for joining me, and we are ghosts. Good night. Mm-hmm.